Welcome to another episode of ASX Market Goss, a rare behind-the-scenes insight into the executives leading some WA companies. And today's chat is with Nicholas Boyd-Matthews, Eden Asset Management, Executive Director and Chief Investment Officer. Nick, appreciate you coming in. It's great to be here. How's business? Business, um, in a word, is booming. Um, we're an asset management company. Um, we do do corporate advisory work as well, but our focus really is on um, ESG investment. Um, we started off, uh, what, 10 years ago, Eden, um, when I launched it over here, and it's kind of morphed from a corporate advisory firm into uh, to a hedge fund, if you like, which is my background. Um, if I sort of take you back a few years when I came over to Australia, I, um, I came over here on a working holiday visa. Uh, I think the aim was to marry Kylie Minogue. Um, <laughs> that was my intention anyway, but she wasn't here. Um, and I ended up staying here because I started working in London in, in metals and mining as an analyst for Morgan Stanley in the late 1980s um, and then joined NatWest and then moved to Killix in Mayfair where I did discretionary management. Well, I came over here for a 12-month uh, sabbatical, as they call it, working holiday visa um, to see the country as I've got family that live in Sydney. And I ended up in Western Australia, um, which wasn't my intention, okay. I assure you. But um, it's got some gold, good golf courses, so that's good. You know, there's the coast, there's the beaches, which is rather lovely, and it's great for families. But I, um, I ended up joining a firm called DJ Carmichael, which uh, you may have called is now Shores. I know. Uh, in fact, I ended up buying equity in the business. Um, but um, from there, I ended up getting sponsors into the country for a four-year visa. And, and uh, that was then poached by um, Murray McGill, who was at uh, Patterson's. And uh, Michael Manfred and Murray McGill uh, sponsored me into the country, which took 28 days to become a permanent resident. Uh, so in 2007, I became a citizen of Australia. Wow. Uh, and I now consider myself an Australian, given that my son has been born here, born in Sydney. He's now 15, and I've been living out here for some time. So half my career has been spent in the UK, mainly in London, and half of it out here in Australia, which is across Sydney, Melbourne, and Perth. Um, I've settled here in Perth, um, and I've lived in Perth the, the, my longest period in Australia. Um, I did run Eden from home uh, for a period, but uh, I'm now back in West Perth. And, and what Eden is doing is, is, is quite groundbreaking, actually. We are the only USITS um, ESG Light Green Article 8 SFDR approved fund, which is a European standard based out here in Australia, which is very similar to when I did the first ever USITS 3 fund back in 2005 which was the first ever regulated hedge fund. And we had a, a PRF of 25% back then. Um, sort of going back. And that was a fund that the strategy that I designed then and set this fund up, uh, they did rather well. Um, it was a top decile performing fund. Is exactly the same strategy that we're using today, which is what, nearly 15, 20 years on. So describe that strategy for us. That strategy is very much about growth. It's about investing in, in natural resources. Um, Back then, it uh, included fossil fuels, so coal, oil, and gas. The difference today is we, we don't include those things because of ESG, but the fund itself, um, we're, we're competed against um, I mean, the likes of Ian Henderson, JP Morgan, Global Natural Resources, would have been one of my peer group, or David Whitten from Foreign Colonial. Um, both those guys, I believe, are retired. And in fact, I did retire for, for, for a period and sort of come back screaming to the market because there's such a demand for an active absolute return fund manager to, uh, to try and get value um, and try and uh, create growth by investing in companies in the mining sector. Uh, we do include agriculture and we do look at energy, but my core focus is really metals and mining. Um, and as you well know, the, uh, the particular minerals market has uh, certainly taken off with lithium 
and all, all those sort of commodities they're attached to. So the interest um, has grown from the UK. Uh, I'm actually presenting in, in London on um, in, at IMARC, um, and I'm there to receive an award, which is the ESG Initiative Award of the Year. Um, it's quite significant. Um, is that for your work that you've done here with Eden? It's uh, Eden is the only, yes, it is. Um, Eden is the only asset management firm that has a um, light green uh, Article 8 SFDR uh, rating or classification, which we received on the 9th of March in 2021, 20, uh, with ESG coming in the next day. Um, we're the only natural resources company that has that. And, and what I mean by that is, is well, we, we actually influence companies to become sustainable. And, and what, how we do that is we introduce a roadmap and we guide them on the, each of the codes of E, S and G of, um, of what they're currently doing now and how they can improve upon that. So uh, our aim is to make up, is not make, but um, influence companies to become sustainable over a period of time. Well, so I'm going to get that in a moment. So I'm going to ask you exactly, and for those who are listening to our chat, SFDR, what is an Article 8 and, and why is it important? We'll get to that in a brief moment. Our chat is with uh, Nick Boyd-Matthews, Eden Asset Management Executive Director and Chief Investment Officer. Um, I'm going to take you, take the listeners back now to get a little bit more. Now, you've given us a, a very rapid snapshot of the Sydney element, the Perth element, the Kylie Minogue element, the Sun Was Born element. I want to get to know more about you. When you wake up at the start of the day and you put your work hat on, what's the first thing you do? Well, I can answer that by saying I don't actually take my work hat off. <laughs> so, uh, there isn't a start of the day. Um, it, it, it's, it's not a job for me. It, 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 you know, it, it, it's a love of life and um, it's a passion. And it's something I've enjoyed for over 30, 30 years or so. So it, it's, it's not a challenge to do this. And, and to be honest with you, you never switch off. I mean, you're constantly looking for ideas to invest in. Um, and if I take you back to when I first started in, in, in 89, I was told by a director at Morgan Stanley that you don't mix ethics with investment. You know, 30 years on, and we now are completely the opposite. We, 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 yeah, we're promoting yeah, good ethics and, and being responsible citizens. So, um, so I don't switch off, actually, to, to ask you. It's, it's, it's a 24-7 you know, way of life, really. And I think yeah. you have to be... To be successful and be a top, you know, top decile performing fund manager, you you have to be that way. You know, it's got to be something that you're passionate about mm. um, and, and follow every day. I kind of compare it to being um, a football manager, where you you know you have um, you have a team of players in your portfolio. You've got your defence, you, know, you want some good quality defence players. Uh, your midfield, midfield attackers, you know, solids again. That would be your blue chip, you know, blue chip equities. Um, and then you've got your your attackers. Um, which, you know, if you get injured, if you score goals, that would be the junior into the market. What about your bench? On the bench? Oh, there's a few on the bench, I can assure you. Despite <laughs> a growing list on the bench of many that didn't do well. Um, yeah, you, you trade them out. I do. I, I, I mean, the portfolio that I construct tends to be up to 70% in what I call beta, which is your blue chip, highly liquid, you know, companies that are producing uh, with expiration on top. Uh, so pretty solid stuff, very liquid to deal in, which is important. And then up to 30% is, is, is the ones that are on the bench, you know, but uh, the subs and all the rest of it. And they, they tend to be the ones that will, will do very well or not very well at all. Um, so they take a lot more of my time um, and the team's time in getting to know them a lot better. So that's where I want to take you. Uh, Nick Boyd-Matthews is our guest, Eden Asset Management. So I want to talk to you about, do you structure your day's interests and your focus on your power businesses and assets, and then 
don't sweat the small stuff or do you have to work, worry? It could, do you look at the small stuff and go, it has the capabilities of being in the top echelon? What's your day like in regards to structuring? How much love do you give so many of your assets? I give no love to any of them, really. Um, I tend to take a, a sort of a macro top-down approach. Um, so it's pain by numbers, um, you know, and you're looking at risk. And hedge fund managers, well, we, we actually are hedging. We're looking at the downside constantly. So I never looked at the upside because the upside will always eventually come. I always look to protecting the downside of the, of the portfolio. And it really is a, a portfolio construction model that I take. Um, of those top-down companies, um, you, you tend to um, look for, for quality, for good management, uh, for good assets, for good projects, um, you know, good experience um, and good corporate backing. Um, when it gets to the, um, to the, sort of the, the bottom-up process, and I do get around to that eventually, that's where it takes the time. Um, and that's, that's where you've got to really get to know these companies well. And I think the advantage for us as, as a European usage regulated fund is that, that we're based here in Perth. Um, and, and Perth, Western Australia is arguably you know, the commodity capital of the world. So we have got an advantage from a time point of view and also from the fact that we, can, we, we get to know all the actual management of all these companies very well. You know, we, we, we meet them every day around West Perth you know, and we get to go out to the mine sites get to keep the tyres, so to speak, and, and that's the important thing. Um, there's probably over 2,000 junior companies that are listed on the Australian Stock Exchange, and whilst we are a global natural resources fund and invest in London, Canada, you know, all, all these places around the world, um, our focus really is in our backyard. And um, that, that's where we get to know um, um, the companies really, really well, and, and it's, it's, it's quite a, a lot of time taken up in doing so. Well, we can save you a bit of that time, and you, your, your small team can save yourself a bit of time by probably going back over the ASX Market Goss podcasts that we've done with small cap companies, their structure, way they look, who they employ, their philosophies, success rates, and you can have a look. We've had a, a, a number of successes, and it saves you all the heavy lifting. So you need to take time, and I don't know if you've got the time, but you sound like you're a very busy man. Nick, you sound like, but you need to put the pods in. Yeah. Get someone to put the pods in. Take some notes. I reckon you might be surprised what we've unearthed on ASX Market Gossip. I would love to get the time to listen to podcasts. <laughs> and I can tell you most of the team do listen to podcasts. We have links with podcasts to listen to. You've had emails that I have to go through Very and research. But um, no, I think I take your point. And I think that is a very good point. Um, a blank canvas. So you walk in at the start of the day and I give you an outline pen or a big marker pen. I want you to work out, uh, write your work motto on the blank wall that's aside uh, us right here, right now. What's your motto? What do you work by? Uh, good code of ethics. Um, I'm, I'm Dixon, me and Paxum, which is what we were taught in London, which is obviously the London Stock Exchange uh, motto, which is um, you know, uh, my word is my bond. And um, yeah, I very much stick by that. What is FDR and what is the articulate that you've uh, mentioned, how important that is and why is it that important? Well, um, there are two articles in, in Europe um, that came out on the night, uh, 10th of March in 2021. And there was light green, Article 8, and then there was dark green, Article 9. Um, the way I would sum them up is to say one is vegetarian and the other one is vegan. And we're vegetarian in that we can, we can have a bit of meat and you know, fish in what we invest in. <laughs> And we could influence, you know, companies to become vegan. And that's, that's how I would compare them. What stage of the fund launch uh, are you at at the moment um, in regards to you touched on going to London, the event and the presentation you're about to see? But what stage of the fund, uh, what's that, where, where are you at in regards to the fund launch? Well, we, we actually launched the fund um, about two years ago um, and to test it. Um, yep. I don't believe in running models. 
models are artificial, you know, and, and, and it's not real at the end of the day. You can't really judge what a model does because you're not actually in the market. So what we did with friends and family um, and a big supporter of mine from the UK who was a funder fundy, uh, we put some money into um, um, a fund and we went live through a platform uh, two years ago. We ran it for just over 12 months. It was ranked the number one ranked fund manager in the actual resources at the end of it. So we tested this strategy that I did originally years ago with the UCS3 model hedge fund. Uh, over that period, it was successful and we'd added ESG. So we're now relaunching it, if you like, as opposed to launching it. And we're relaunching it through Fundrock. Um, and that's with the uh, Central Bank of Ireland at the moment. And we expect it to be uh, approved because um, it is a, it's, a, it's the same strategy as before that was approved in January uh, the 6th, 2021. So we expect that to go through before the end of the year. And the time is excellent because I'm in London, hopefully to collect this award. Yeah. As it will be nominated for as it goes live and we can start taking funds in. Nick Boyd Matthews from Eden Asset Management is our guest on the ASX market. Goss, it's an exciting time ahead. Um, how do you uh, make mining companies sort of um, more sustainable? Those who, you know, as a, the, who would be listening to us right now, who would be looking for guidance? How do you do that? Uh, simply by trying to influence them, put a plan in place that they um, will implement and appreciating the fact that a lot of these companies are cost conscious at the end of the day. Mm. Um, it is expensive to dig a hole in the ground. We all know that. And it does take time. It takes years to get to a point where there's some production, you know, where there's free cash flow. Yeah, patience is key in particular for investors, yeah? Absolutely. Um, and so they're going to look at their, their spend on energy, you know, on what type of energy they're using, those sorts of things. It's not always easy uh, for mining companies to, to actually adopt these, 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 these changes, and I can understand that. But I think if there's a real intent that the management generally is going to make changes that are beneficial to the climate and to be, more important to me, a responsible citizen, and that's gender diversity, all those sorts of good things, then I'm very keen to be an investor. Talk to us about the best investment. Whatever. Or... Yeah, just something if you'd really share that, oh, something I... you're really proud of. And then, on the flip yes. side of that, the bad ones. Oh, well, there's quite a few bad ones we can talk about. I mean, you know, uh, the bad and the ugly, uh, <laughs> all day, couldn't we? Um, but um, I think my best ever um, probably has to be Fortescue Metals. I was the first fundy that was on the register. Um, Patterson's listed them. They did the IPO. I remember it well. And um, it was 7% of my portfolio back then when I did the UC3 fund, hedge fund. And it served me well. Um, great story, great growth, and, you know, a great company. And I do love what, what, you know, what they've gone on to become today. I mean, they've already focused on, on obviously, green. So that's probably my best ever investment. In fact, I was asked years ago in London when I did that, if you had to invest it only in one company, what would it, which company would it be? And it would have been Fortescue Maison. Yeah, wow. So that's going back. Okay, and what about the downside? Downside? Oh, crikey. That's a difficult You don't have to share a name if you um, wish, but... Something. I won't say a name, but I get very disappointed with companies that don't have a genuine intent to dig anything out of the ground. How long does it take for you to realise that it's not happening? Uh, probably, probably one or two meetings. Um, um, okay. um, probably an investment. Um, if it was an investment by myself, I, I would like to explain the best way to explain. I suppose is to say companies that approach me that are looking for two or three billion pounds dollars um, and intend to to you know um, get involved with the latest uh, flavour or you know thematical theme of commodity that's doing well. Um, they're usually diversified juniors that have 
you know, a bit of land plotted out, a bit of dirt. And then 12 months goes by and most of the money's been spent on travel, entertainment, <laughs> lunches and not be put in the ground. Yeah. Those sure. are the ones that tend to disappoint. Um, do you express your disappointment or do you just walk? Um, I'm on the spectrum of an A-type personality, so yes, I do. Nothing wrong with that. I love the honesty. Mm. Um, I want to, I've been asked to ask you about the Killick story um, uh, of moving discretionary clients out of tech before tech wreck. Tell me what that is. Oh, that, I, I had a wonderful time working in Mayfair um, with um, a guy called Paul Kavanagh, who was um, an absolute legend in, in picking tech stocks. Made a lot of money for people, done tremendously well. Um, and I joined, I was actually headhunted to, to work with Paul and, and uh, set up the Mayfair office and I was the branch manager there. And when I came in, I, I sold out of quite a few of his tech stocks, some of the clients that I converted to discretionary. When I joined Paul in, um, and Kirk's in uh, November 1999, and I converted a lot of clients to discretionary, and I sold out of you know, a good deal of those stocks, um, which yeah, they were too happy at the time, but by March 2000, we had a tech wreck. So by pure luck, I mean, I didn't know that the, the market, there was a new tech wreck around the corner, hmm. but that was good portfolio management, you see. So that was risk-adjusted returns. But you talk about luck. What, what, how, I mean, what, just timing, lack of timing or timing of luck? I mean, I just wanted to know, so, you know, just months before it all comes crashing down, you're out. You've taken, I wasn't you've completely taken... out, but I'd taken some clients there. Sure. Um, I worked with Paul Kavanagh and he'd um, um, invested a lot of uh, tech stops that were, were tre yeah, done tremendously well mm -hmm. back then. Um, he had about uh, seven or eight stocks that I recall, you know, went up you know, huge amounts and, and made, made, made changes to people's lives, you know, in the amount of money they made. Coming in as a, as a, as a sort of conservative person from NatWest, um, where I'd worked for five or six years, managing um, money like Coots money, which is about £2 billion back then, a very, uh, you know, uh, balanced portfolios, you know, diversification, all those good things that people are now talking about today, you know, the, you know as opposed to, um, going into pure growth stocks, I was just lucky that I came in with a, a risk management model, which, which Paul wanted, and, and that's why he got me in, and that worked well. Just so happened to be the timing of the tech wreck, which was, that was the lucky part of it. Nick Boyd-Matthews, Eden Asset Management, has been our guest on ASX Market Goss. Okay, I'm going to give you some quick-fire company uh, questions right now, and this is a bit about you, and then we want to get an overview of where to now for for, for Eden, of course. Uh, I want to hit you up with um, your coffee of choice. You a coffee drinker? I am a coffee drinker, I'm afraid. I wish I wasn't. Um, I can't function without a coffee in the morning. Um, first thing is the morning, shower and a coffee. Coffee of choice? Uh, Long Mac. Long Mac. Okay. Topped up. At home? You make it at home or do you um, do a local cafe? I do have a machine, but it's nowhere near as good as buying one, is it? <laughs> it's not. It. Someone else still not there, yeah? Absolutely. Have <laughs> <laughs> you got the work-life balance right? No. Absolutely not. I think you've intimated, intimated that you'd never turn off. I, I haven't at all. I wish I could spend more time with family um, and my son. So um, absolutely not. I, I do give too much time to work. Uh, you talked about golf courses. Do you play? I've got some. I do have a couple of sets of golf uh, you know, backs. Um, and, you know, um, have I played recently? No. Are you a member? So I'm not a member of any club. Uh, fortunate enough to know lots of people who are members of clubs <laughs> that I can go and use. Smart. Very <laughs> smart. smart. I'd rather play a four-man Ambrose yeah. than go out sort of on my own. Yeah, I agree. Hack around days. on your own. Absolutely. Get someone else to do the heavy lifting. Uh, 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 sporting team of choice? Uh, soccer, Chelsea, 
Chelsea? Yeah, my brother-in-laws, my two brother-in-laws were rusted on Chelsea. I, mean, I lived in London, so it was, uh, back then there was Glenn Hoddle and, and oh, yeah. uh, Rude Hollett and then the Italians came in. Um, I, and I haven't kept up to date with, with football at all. Um, in terms of um, the local game, yeah. um, but I, was, I lived in Melbourne for three years yeah. and we, uh, my son supports Hawthorne. Um, you know, um, uh, Sam, Sam Neal, is it? Number Sam five. Mitchell. Sam Mitchell, is it? Yeah, had number five shirt. He's the coach. Um, he, uh, back then he was, um, my son liked the, the five and uh, we yep. ended up getting a jersey for. for yeah, he came across to West Coast for one year. It was an assistant coach in a premiership year and now has taken over. My, my first ever game though, I do remember it well, Murray McGill from Pattersons took me to see Dockers against Brisbane okay. Lions and, and the Dockers beat Brisbane Lions and Murray said to me, you're going to have to come to every game now. Yeah. Subi Oval? Was that Subiaco Oval? It was the old Subiaco Oval. Yeah. It was yeah, very small. Um, well, it was Patterson Stadium. Uh, that was later on. Yeah. Well, before then, yes. Exactly. So I nearly became a Dockers fan, but, but no. Uh, uh, what about stuff like travel, reading? I mean, I know you're probably struggling to get squeeze in these elements in regards to the life and the business focus that you've got, but do you read anything away from business and I recently movies? started reading a book that um, um, I've recommended to my team to read, which is called Liar's Poker. Um, and it, it is about the financial markets. And if I have to read a book, it, it's got to be something that's factually based. Yep. You know, um, um, The Big Short, that film. Yep. I absolutely love that film. Yep. Um, and I, you know, that, that's the sort of thing that I would read or watch. Do you walk? Walk. I'm a rambler. I'm from the countryside originally. I grew up on an orchard with a well, you know, and fruit and, and all that sort of thing. Um, rode horses. Uh, my sister rides horses. But um, yes, I'm, I'm very much a country, country boy. And I live uh, Swanbourne, so I'm very close to the beach. Beautiful. Um, so, Nick, where to now for Eden Asset Management? Where, how, what does the day-to-day -day, uh, look of the company look like right now? And give me the short, the mid and the long term. Um, the look of the company, um, well, lots of screens with flashing lights. Red and, you know, all that sort of thing. Um, that tends to be the daily job. He, he's literally stuck to it, glued to a screen all day. And it's like an emotional roller coaster. It is. Um, I do take blood pressure tablets. Yeah. I don't mind telling you that. Uh, it, can, it can be very stressful. Wow. Um, but I, I do enjoy it. Um, in terms <laughs> of uh, uh, meetings, we have meetings generally in the afternoon. Um, and then into the evening, from about four o'clock to the evening, I spend my time talking to people in London or Europe. We have fund distribution throughout throughout Europe now. Years ago, it was just London. Now it's in, in most of the countries in Europe. Um, we get a huge amount of interest um, from, from the Benelux countries, um, you know, um, and also from Germany, Spain, Italy, which years ago wouldn't have invested in, in our type of products at all. So um, it's become very global. And you could end up working 24-7. I think the worst days for me are when it gets to midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm talking to people in, in, in you know, the United States and I'm absolutely exhausted and, you know, um, and burn out, so to speak. Mm. So I probably need to learn to take more, more time off and breaks. Mm. I can't remember the last time I had a holiday. No, well, I'm, I can, I can sense this, Nick, and I do think it might be time. You look after yourself. I am seeing my family at Christmas, though, so that would be beautiful. We'll enjoy that. Hey, it's been an incredible chat. Your passion is unparalleled for any of our guests that we've had. We've had almost 40 um, and I'm sure, well, I think we've only barely touched the surface and scratched the surface of Eden Asset Management. Who gets in touch with you or do they get, do you get in touch with them? So say again, who gets, in who gets in touch with you in regards to Eden Asset Management or do you get in touch with them? If you know what I mean, um, you, do you chase hard or do they come to you and say, we need some help? Uh, usually people contact me. <laughs> um, 
I, I do you remember the old the BlackBerry phones years ago? Yeah. I used to carry two of those because I used to get seventy calls on one of them alone, just from brokers with ideas to invest in. These days we've got a smartphone. Um, I don't think it's that smart because mm. you've got your emails on there, you've got everything on, you've got everything on. And um, no, I, I'm inundated with, with people contacting me. In fact, people m complain that they can't get hold of me. You know. I'm glad you've only got the one phone now because there, there's people in the media industry where I've worked in known as Tony Two Phones. Anyone that's got two phones, you just think that's the dodgy phone over there and that's the that's the real phone over here. So you're back on the one phone, which I'm pleased with. Thanks for coming. It's a great chat and, and I'm sure there's going to be a, a wonderful reaction to this. And again, we really appreciate your time. And as I mentioned, we could have chatted for ages, but thanks for coming in again. It's been absolutely lovely and a pleasure to talk to you. Good on you. Nick Boyd, Matthews, Eden Asset Management. That has been another episode of ASX Market Goss. Thanks for listening. Please take time to subscribe to us. If you haven't already, share us, like us and leave a comment. And whatever platform you're listening to us, uh, we appreciate your support. Nick Boyd, Matthews, Eden Asset Management was today's guest on ASX Market Goss. The content of this podcast is intended to be general in nature and is not personal financial product advice. It does not address the circumstances of any individual or entity. You should not construe any of this information or other part of the material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other professional advice. ASX Market Goss and its employees are not financial advisors. You should consider seeking independent legal, financial, taxation or other advice to check how any information relates to your unique circumstances. Nothing contained in this podcast constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by ASX Market Goss or any third party to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments in this or any other jurisdiction in which such solicitation or offer would be unlawful under the securities laws of such jurisdiction.